On Saturday in Cromwell, Central Otago, an eclectic group of people gathered, including the Minister of Agriculture and Trade, Damien O'Connor, for the launch of the country's first driver-optional fully electric tractor. It was launched, as I said, in Cromwell on Saturday at Forest Lodge Orchard. The bloke and the brains behind it is Mike Casey. Mike, great to catch up with you again. Enjoyed your company at the Etipu Farming Conference. How big a deal is this? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's uh, it's it's a really big deal. Um, it's been sort of sort of two years in the making. We originally, you know, got the government grant from ECA approved um, early on in the piece back in 2020. Paid our deposit in December 2020 to go on the order list for the for the tractor, and then myself and my orchard manager Ewan spent a lot of time, uh, you know, back and forth to, to San Francisco to convince what is now probably a billion dollar, um, you know, tractor business over there. That little old Cromwell and our little old cherry orchard should be the uh, the first recipient of their first tractor to be exported out of the state. So for us, and that's a huge deal. And I think, if, you know, it could it could potentially, if it works well here, and that's the goal of you know what we are trying to achieve, it could be quite significant for New Zealand as a whole. So, Mike, it's all very well having an electric tractor, and yours is a self-drive. It's a really interesting one as well, but on a small cherry orchard. But how does this thing work at scale or on a hill? And I'm talking about, you know, an extensive sheep and beef farm. Surely an electric tractor's never going to work there. Well, this one definitely won't. This one is, you know, a horticulture and viticulture tractor. So, you know, if you've got a tractor that you use fairly regularly that might sit you know, somewhere between the 40 to 80 horsepower mark, this one might might do the job. Uh, anything more than that, and you know, I, I don't think we're I don't you, you'd be fooling yourself if you tried to replace a larger tractor with this one. But you know, the good news is that there are there are larger tractors in the pipeline now. Um, but they're really going to come down to whether the success of these tractors are you know are going to work well in horticulture and viticulture. So you know, that's the main goal at the moment. We've got a much easier, you know, growing style and much easier operation for which we can electrify first, but hopefully we can, uh, you know, we can pave the way for, for others in the future. Well, you're definitely a pioneer in this field. Realistically, are they financially viable at the moment? I mean, what did your tractor cost? If that's not a rude question, Mike. No, no, no. no. I want to be as transparent as I possibly can with the farming community because it's the only way they're going to uh, they're going to trust me in the end, and the only way I'm going to get back on the country with you. So, no, I can tell you very, very you know, very frankly. So, the sticker price or the showroom price in California at the moment is eighty nine thousand USD. So that's about a hundred and forty, hundred and forty two thousand New Zealand dollars. Um, and because there's no imports set up with New Zealand yet, you basically take possession of it in California. Um, and we got had, you know, another great Kiwi company, Main Freight, you know, really helped um, helped us get it from California and ship it ourselves all the way, you know, through to Littleton and then and then bring it up here on farm. So um, that was a pretty cool experience, but that was also pretty pricey. That was an extra sort of $25,000 in total um, all up to do that. And so, you know, I... To be honest, you know the the savings between diesel and electricity, especially because you know diesel is super cheap at the moment. Um, it's going to take a long time for you know just the energy savings to pay itself off. But what I'm super excited about really is you know if I, if I can stop my staff driving in straight lines for hours upon hours every day, every time we need to do a foliage spray, or every time we need to mow or undervine or under tree mow or anything like that. Um, you know, we potentially got a huge labour saving there, and if, if that comes off as, as we think it might, as we're you know optimistically thinking that it will, um, and that's where it's going to really change the game for us. Mind you, couldn't you get a diesel-powered tractor to do the same gig, the self-drive? Oh, absolutely, and this is one of the things actually. Like 
what I've actually just been reading this report that Monarch sent through to me about how automation is coming regardless of the fuel type, and which is obviously very exciting for farmers. And the big kicker really is around you know saving on labour costs. We're a high wage economy. Um, we play in a global commodity market, and we need to figure out how to main, remain competitive. And that labour cost for things that could be automated is probably the one way that we can you know surely go about doing that. But with automation, become comes more tractor hours. And so that's where electrification comes in. You know, right now we might use our tractors on farm, you know, on orchard for, for somewhere between, say, 250 and 300 hours in a year. But if there's no labour cost and very little energy cost to run this thing, you know, then potentially we might push it out to sort of 1,000 hours and start to figure out new ways of using it to sort of, you know, increase our yields and increase our productivity. So if the, uh, if the hours go up, if the tractor hours go up, well, that's, if we're running on diesel, that's a higher cost and more emissions. So... Trying to do both at the same time, I think, is the, is the best way forward. How long can you drive your tractor for on one charge? Just depends on the task that we're doing. Um, so the answer is, you know, with a traditional... We, in orcharding, we use a lot of foliage spraying, and so that's probably the, the number one task that a tractor on our orchard will perform. Um, some of these traditional crop liner 2,000-litre sprayers will probably consume about 45 kilowatts uh, on the PTO, and, you know, in reality, that's probably means the tractor won't last for more than two and a half, three hours before it needs to be charged. Um, but it opens up a whole new paradigm, like the um, the one-off sprayer that we built uh, built that doesn't run off a PTO anymore, but runs you know directly off the, the power of the, the tractor batteries itself, uses about 15% of the power, uh, which means it will now run for you know about eight hours, and the bottleneck isn't the battery anymore, it's actually having to stop to refill the tank, because you, um, you, know, you, you run out of spray in the tank itself. So... But what I want to do is I want to take all these different implements that we use and I want to measure the exact energy use on all of them and then basically you know, build a table, build a chart and, and, and publish that out to um, the New Zealand farming community because at the end of the day, different tasks are going to have different run times and the tasks that you do on your farmer uh, you know, are going to vary dramatically and as a result, some, sometimes it'll work out well and sometimes it won't. My favourite tool, by the way, Mike, is a wee electric chainsaw. A wee, I've got a wee lawnmaster and I just chuck the battery in and then chop away and then when that battery's worn out, I chuck another one in. Is that what you do? Do you run on two batteries? So no, I only run on one um, because realistically for an orchard our size, we're six hectares, 25 kilometres of cherry trees. Uh, you know, most of the tasks we think we're going to be able to get away with one battery. Um, and the battery is the most expensive part of the Monarch, but this is the other thing. The, they have built swappable batteries so that you know, farmers who are going to run much more intensive tasks um, and tasks for a lot longer periods of time, well, it's actually probably quicker to, to uh, swap the batteries in and out on this rail system than it, than it might even be to fill the diesel tank up again. Um, so, yeah, there is that solution available to make sure farmers can just keep going. Well, electric self-drive tractors coming to a farm or orchard near you. Mike Casey, it's always good uh, to catch up with you. You are such an innovator. Good on you for leading the charge on this one. And next time you're in Cromwell, you're coming for a drive, yeah? Yeah, I promise. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for your time, Jamie.